Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Catherine, I want to invite your attention this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 3. We'll begin our reading at verse 20. The word of the Lord reads as follows, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Where is the boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Of works? No, by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Amen. Would you pray with me for just a few moments? Father in heaven, we need you on this morning that you might allow for a clear word to be preached in the midst of these, your people. A word, God, of edification, a word of salvation, a word of life, God, that might change someone's eternal destiny. Spirit of the living God, we need you in this place that you might make clear the word, that you might encourage someone's heart today, that you might give someone, God, what they stand in need of. Lord, draw that one who's drifted in fellowship Draw them back to you. Draw the one out of darkness into the marvelous light. Father, speak so clear that they can no longer hide behind the ruses of today, but, Lord, that they might come out into the light and give their eternal life over to you. Lord, we trust you this morning for your word on today. I need you, God, to speak clearly through these lips of clay. Let my mind be clear. Let my words be clear. Let the message be clear to the hearer on this morning, whether they're here in the sanctuary listening via live stream or whether they pick this message up listening over the radios. But God, have your way in it all that your name will get glory and honor and praise. I bless you in advance for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, who is the Christ, I pray. And I thank you. Amen. Kettering, we've been on this journey through this series of messages entitled, Let There Be Faith in God. As we started our journey, we looked in Luke chapter 8 for our first two messages. The first part one was faith to be made well, and then the second was fatality faith. In part three, we were in Hebrews chapter 11, and we spoke from the subject matter, faith is. And I think it's important and critical to understand what faith is so we can know how to put it to work on your behalf. And then in part four of our message, we spoke from the idea of big faith from Matthew chapter 14. And last week when we were together in the fifth part of our series, we were in 2 Kings chapter 4, and we spoke to you from the idea, a nothing but faith in God. We discovered there in a nothing but faith in God, you've got to identify your nothing but. 
after identifying your nothing but, you have to pour out your nothing but. And then finally, as we look there, as Elijah had led this woman to do, you get to live on your nothing but. And so this morning, as we continue to look through this thematic idea, let there be faith in God, there is a reality that comes to mind when considering this whole idea of examining faith. That reality is that people have a tendency to put faith in a lot of things. And amen, there is oftentimes a discovery in the process of putting faith in all these different things that these things are not substantial enough to support the faith that we put in them. Let me see if I can say that another way. We have a tendency to put our faith in people, jobs, cars, banks, insurance policies, spouses. Matter of fact, you put a great degree of faith even in that chair you sat in this morning. Because when you came and put your 120 pounds in that chair, you didn't even think about whether that chair was going to hold you or not. You just dropped right down in that chair and you, with great faith, put faith in the fact that because you sat in that chair last week and it held you, you put faith in the fact that that chair was strong enough and that it was working right, and that it was going to hold you when you sat down. And so we put faith even in chairs. We put faith in all kinds of things. We have this expectation that it's going to take care of what we believe it to take care of. The problem, like I said, is that so often, and as life would pour it out and figure it out, that the faith that we put in all these variety of things does not always come back to be honorable to us. In other words, they can let you down. They will let you down. They have let you down. We've had various experiences where we put faith in things and it didn't sustain us. We went out in the morning and we just knew because we had a nice car. We knew that the battery was going to work because we went and got a die hard and it died hard. Amen. We've been through all kinds of experiences where we put faith in things and it just didn't pan out. And the key that's critical for us is that our faith has to be in God. Even as we've gone through this examination of these various parts of the series that we preached already, it's so critical to understand that what is of the utmost importance is that there needs to be a faith in God. Not necessarily just a faith in the work of God, but a faith in the God of the works. I wanted to pull back away from it just a little bit because I think that sometimes in preaching on the idea of faith, our focus becomes on faith in the works of God and what God can do for us. And because we're in this culture, in this society of entitlement, we just believe that God is supposed to do stuff for us. Amen. But I think it's important that we've really got to move from just believing in what God can do for us and in believing in the God who is for us. Are y'all still here with me? And so, as the Apostle Paul writes this letter here to the Jews in, in Rome and, and those Greeks in, in Rome, he says regarding justification, and, and this justification, when we talk about justification, it means to be declared forensically clean. It means to be declared righteous before God, to be right with God. Paul says in this letter, as we walk our way through the earlier chapters, he he basically lets us know that in, in all of what we do, there's nothing that we can do. There are no deeds that we can accomplish. None of the deeds of the law are sufficient enough to be able to bring us into a place where we are right with God. In other words, if we tried to dot every I and cross every T, we would still come up short. 
And because we come up short, we, we still cannot please God. And the whole idea that he focuses in on is this issue of the law, because the Jews, they believe that, that they could be righteous and they could be declared right before God just by keeping the letter of the law or just by walking close enough to the letter of the law. The objective, I think, for all of us is that we have faith in the right place. Our faith has to be in God. The Jews had their faith in the law, but the law was just in place in order to help them to see that they were sinners. I want to talk to us on this morning in this sixth and final part of our series from the subject matter, justified by faith in the right place. Now, we live in a world today that people, again, they throw faith around like a Frisbee. They just got faith in this, I got faith in that, and they have faith everywhere. And for some, in the same way that the Jews had this misconception that by having faith in the law, because I have faith in it, it's going to work. But the reality of it is you can have faith in a lot of things, but just because you have faith in it doesn't mean it's going to work. And just because you have faith in something that is deemed spiritual doesn't mean that it's going to work. In other words, if my faith is in a statue, can I, can I make it plain? If my faith is in a statue of a golden calf, and I believe just because I have faith in the statue of the golden calf, that when I die, I'm going to go to heaven, you're going to be in for a big surprise, okay? Because what's going to happen to you, your faith in that golden calf is going to come up way short when you get to stand before the king of glory. Because there are qualifications and there are criteria that God himself the maker of the calf, God himself, the maker of you and I, God himself has put in place for us if we're ever going to stand in front of him and hear him say, well done. And it's not just your faith in this and your faith in that. It's not your faith in meditation or your faith in being a member of a particular church or being a particular organization. No, none of that kind of faith is going to get you where you want to be. And so your faith has to be in the right place. Walk with me through this text because I think it'll help us to understand being justified by faith. Because I think, I hope, I pray that each one of us wants to someday be justified before God. Justified is a legal term. It really literally means to have been tried and to come up on the other side and be validated, in this case, as being clean or cleared of all and every sin every violation. So, this idea of being justified. So, as we walk in the text, verse number 20 says this. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for the law is the knowledge of sin. Paul has gone through a long explanation already to help them understand that everything that they've done is not going to be sufficient for them to be justified. And that's why he begins verse number 20 by saying the word therefore. Therefore, as a result of all the ways in which you come short, therefore, we understand that through the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. How can I in a corrupt flesh expect to do righteous things in corrupt flesh? And so he says, look, it can't happen. It can't be done. And so the first movement of the text helps us as we keep reading through. He says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law 
is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. First, I want to look at this whole idea of the righteousness of God is revealed through faith in Jesus. By the deeds of the law, no flesh can be justified. Nothing that we can do in our corrupted, defiled, depraved flesh, nothing that we can do is going to bring us into a right relationship with God. We're always going to be short. Paul says it's not the issues of the law, not the deeds of the law, even though you can, you can go through all the, the issues and all the, all the pretenses of the law, but guess what? Every time you go through, whenever you come up short in one area, you've come up short on the whole law. And so you can't, we, we're not going to be justified by the law. It's not going to be by the law of innocence. And you got to understand as we've gone through the progression of man's history, there's been these varieties of laws or, or dispensations that man was dealt with in terms of God. And so one being innocence. And so Paul wants them to understand it's not going to be by the law of innocence because innocence had no mechanism for repentance. He says it's not going to be by the law of nature, no matter how high you feel that law of nature might be. And so we're not going to be justified because you lived according to nature's law. And and there's people out here that believe that, oh, I'm going to be okay because I'm doing right by nature. I'm doing right by the land. I'm hugging trees and and planting bushes. And and so therefore, I'm doing the right thing by nature. No, nature's law is not going to justify you. You can plant all the trees you want. You can hug all the trees you want. You can save all the paper you want. You can recycle all the bottles you want. But you're still going to die and go straight to hell because your deeds of the law are not going to justify you. Y'all still here? with me? I'm just trying to make this thing real plain. It's real easy. It's real simple for us. It's not going to be by the ceremonial laws. It's not going to be by the offering of sacrifices because the blood of bulls, goats, and lambs can't take away sin. It just can't. It's not going to be by those ceremonial laws that you create in your churches and in your various organizations. And because, because you say you've got to light the candle on the right side before you light the candle on the left side. And because one ceremonial law says you've got to blow smoke and the other one says you've got to do this and another one says you've got to do that. None of these ceremonial things are going to get us into heaven. You can create all the ceremonies you want, but ceremonies is not what's going to get us into heaven. Ceremonies is not going to allow us to please God. Because at the end of the day, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can do all those ceremonial things. You can do all those legal things. You can even try to use the law of morality. But the problem with the law of morality is that that morality is subjective. One moral standard is different from another moral standard. And so, therefore, we will not be justified by the deeds of any law. Are y'all still here with me? Man is depraved. He is deprived. He is, he is desperately wicked. His heart is wicked. He can't do good. He doesn't even want to do good. Everything inside of him because of sin wants him to do the opposite of what God calls him to do. If you go read through those earlier verses, verses 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, he lets us know how desperately wicked we are. We can't do it and we're not going to do it. In this mortal, depraved and, and destitute flesh that is saturated with sin and doesn't want to do right, we cannot do right in a place that we can please God. We can't be good enough. We can't be smart enough. We can't be pretty enough. We can't be handsome enough. We can't smell good enough. It's not going to please God no matter what we do in this flesh, but we need something else. Y'all still here with me? I just need us to get this thing. And so Paul says, Verse 21, but now, now that we understand that, but now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. I love it. The righteousness of God 
we use this phrase righteousness of God, it is, is, it's that justification. It's that forensic cleansing. It's, it's, it's God's, uh, it's, a, it's a, how do I say this? It is God's righteousness that is being conferred unto us. Watch this. The only, you can't be made righteous, but you can obtain righteousness. Lord, have mercy. God can take his righteous cloak and take it off and wrap you up in it. Amen. But, but underneath the cloak, you still got issues. Can I get a witness in the house? I mean, we got a whole lot of righteous people right around here sitting in the congregation listening via live stream. You're righteous because of God's righteousness, but not because of your own. And so we, we, we can be clothed in his righteousness, but we can't, we can't be made righteous, not in this flesh. And so um, th- he says, so but now we have the righteousness of God is revealed. The opportunity, the ability to be declared, to be, to be deemed or declared righteous has been revealed. And how so? How so, Paul? Uh, it has been revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. He, he, he lets us understand uh, something that this, this justification, this righteousness, this, 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 this righteousness before God. And watch this, without even keeping the law. He says, okay, y'all tried to keep the law. It's not coming that way. But now there's, there's something new that's been revealed. And this new thing that's been revealed is not, watch this, it's not in secret places. It, it's, it's not behind curtains and, and veils. It's, it's wide out in the open. It's, it's an it's a openly shared gospel plan. Because watch this, up until now, the law went through a whole process of this whole thing about having your sin being covered. This is how it happened. You, 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 you did sin for, for 12 months, okay? And on the 12th month, you went to the, to the temple and you offered an animal, and then the, you, you left the animal with the priest at the gate, and you went on about your business. Watch this. The, the priest had to take the animal, cut the throat of the animal, bleed it out, take the blood from, from there behind the curtain into the holy place. You didn't get to see none of that. And then from there, they had to do their ceremonial things. And, and then the high priest went from the holy place and they wrapped a, a rope around his waist and, and he prayed. And, and then he went in behind another curtain, around another veil into the most holy place. And in the most holy place, it was there at the tabernacle seat of God where he would sprinkle the offering over the, the tabernacle seat of God in order to cover your sin. That was all done in secret. But now, there's another way that your sin can be taken care of and you can be declared righteous before God. But now it's come through a gospel that's not in secret, but a gospel that is shared openly, that is available to everybody. It's not, it's not behind the scenes anymore. It's wide open. It's been revealed. I'm, I'm so glad about that. I'm glad that this is not a secret club that you got to be part of. It ain't a ooey. It ain't none of that. I mean, this, this is a, this is an open gospel that anybody can have a part of. You ain't got to have a secret handshake and, and a, and a knock at the door a certain kind of way to get in. Y'all still here with me? I know I got some club members out there. No, this is, this is wide open. It's, it's now been revealed in full sight. But, but openly being presented to everyone, it doesn't work with the law. Watch this. He says it's apart from the law. But now a righteousness of God apart from the law. This, this righteousness is not 
going to work in conjunction to the law because the Jews wanted to take this new gospel, this, this gospel of Jesus Christ, and they wanted to add it to the law. But Paul says, no, you don't add this to the law. This, this gospel, this mechanism of righteousness works all by itself. It doesn't need the law. The, it, it, watch this. The, the righteousness that, that Christ has provided, the, the righteousness of, of, of God through Christ is, is good enough all by itself. It doesn't need the help of the law. And so you can't add the law to it. I'm trying to help somebody right about here. You don't need to add anything to the righteousness of God in order for you to be righteous. And I know some folk like to add to it. Now, even in a good Christian church, they like to add stuff to it. Amen. I know you say, but you need to come to church every Sunday. And they got people, they guilting people into coming to church. Now, I believe you should come to church every Sunday, but it's not a requirement of your righteousness. Are y'all still here? I mean, that, don't use that as an excuse not to show up next week, but I'm trying to help you understand something. It's not a requirement of your righteousness. Are y'all still here with me? And we got all kind of regulations and stuff that we want to add on to people's righteousness. I mean, you, you smoked a cigarette. Oh, my God, you lost your righteousness. No, you didn't. You were smoking cigarettes when God cloaked you in his righteousness. Oh, y'all don't want to say that this morning. Okay, you was drinking when you got clothed in right. You was lying and you still lying. Amen. The, the, the things are not going to add to your righteousness. This righteousness stands all by itself apart from the law, apart from deeds, apart from actions. The righteousness of God is, 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 is good enough all by itself. Are y'all still here with me? And so he says, look, it, it, it doesn't work with the law. It's apart from the law. And watch this, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. In other words, the, the law, when we talk about the law and the prophets, we're talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament law is the Pentateuch. That's the first five books of the, the Bible. And then the prophets are the books of the prophets. And so what, what in essence Paul is saying, the Old Testament testified that this change was coming. It testified that the law was weak and it was not sufficient to make one righteousness, to make one righteous. It it, it, it gave witness, it gave testimony, it gave warning that there was coming a new righteousness. It, It pointed us to the fact that it was on its way and the testimony of the Old Testament says that the law was not sufficient enough. Y'all still here with me? But the righteousness of God is now revealed, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, this new righteousness, of, this new plan for righteousness is going to come through faith in Jesus Christ. It's going to come through faith in the right place. You've got to have your faith in the right place. I, I, I meet people all the time and they say, oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I believe in God. That's, that's where they stop. And so, yeah, I, I've got faith that there is a God. It doesn't, take, it doesn't take a whole lot of intelligence to believe that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't take a whole lot of intelligence to, to, believe, to believe there's something bigger and greater than you. That's causing the sun to come up every day at the same time and the moon to come up at a certain time and the temperatures to change and all that and rain. And, you know, it doesn't take, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that something and some power greater than us created what's here. Okay? Now, I know there are some folks that are so intelligent that they're, they've, they've, in, they, they've intellectualized themselves out of the logic that there is something even bigger. 
and they're out there searching for some, some atom of explosion that caused all this to happen. And, and, and out of an atom of explosion through some kind of coincidence of, of incident that everything just kind of came together and you and I were formed with all these multiple molecules and all these different types of DNA and different fingerprints and different hair textures and different colors of skin. And all of that just happened coincidentally because of some explosion of an atom. I just stopped by to tell you that's just a lie. That's not how it happened. There is a God and he's bigger than us. But it doesn't take a whole lot to understand that and to comprehend that. So it's okay to have faith in God, but you can't get to God unless you have faith in Jesus. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our Spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.